Hello and welcome to this episode of Cargo Facts Connect, the podcast and video series of Cargo Facts, the newsletter of record for the air cargo and freighter aircraft industries for over 40 years. I'm Jeff Lee, Associate Editor of Cargo Facts. Thanks as always to our sponsors. We're now into August and it's Monday the 2nd. Joining us today, we have Frederick Horst, Managing Director of Cargo Facts Consulting. Hello, Frederick. Hi. Morning, afternoon. So, <laughs> yeah. So Airbus made the A350 freighter official last week, um, but we don't actually know that much about it, strangely. Um, what did you make of this announcement generally and the way they did it? Yeah, it was a bit um, it was a bit light on detail and, and low on payload, I should <laughs> I should say. Um, and um, uh, I mean, it's encouraging to see that they're developing a, or at least you know, committing to developing a program. So I'm looking forward to seeing some actual specs on the on the aircraft and see how they match up against our own estimates of what the aircraft can do and, and can't do. Right. And they don't have much time actually to to build one and you know have these things flying if they, they stick to their planned schedule. Um, but I mean, at this stage, they're really not willing to say anything other than the fact that it will be based more apparently on the one that the longer 1000 and that it will have a payload of 90 plus tons. So, I mean, we can kind of read between the lines, can't we? Um, what might that mean for for this freighter? Yeah, I, it, it's, it seems to me like a 777-300 ER SF with um, less payload than a 777-300 ER SF. So they, they're going to have a hard time um, gaining traction in, in that particular um, in that particular market, especially considering that the 777-300 ERSF itself is is an aircraft that works okay in in express and, and e-commerce type networks, but but less so in general cargo networks, just because it doesn't have the density capabilities that the 777-200 has, the 747-400, the 747-8 in in that category, and even the MD-11 for that matter is is, is all also an aircraft that is that is built for built for general cargo densities um, and, and not for express density. Yeah, so I mean, I mean, what do you think they're intending to do with this aircraft? I mean, what what potential do you see for this? If, it, if it's based on, you know, the information that we have and these specs, what potential does it have? Um, and, you know, how how much demand will there be for, for an Airbus next generation freighter? Well, overall, in this, um, in this segment over the next 20 years, we're forecasting demand for about 770 fleet editions. And some of those roughly half, um, half are older aircraft that have been retired. So um, ME11s and uh, older 747s primarily in that segment. And the remainder would be, would be growth. Um, the thing is in that segment, is that 50 plus percent of the aircraft of the you know, 650 or so aircraft that are in that segment right now are actually operated by combination carriers and all cargo carriers um, on intercontinental routes. And the remainder are express carriers like FedEx and UPS and, and uh, aircraft operating on behalf of DHL or, or, or different contract airlines that are, um, that are in there. The medium wide body and the narrow body segment is very different. Then, 
pretty much the entire amount of capacity that's in those segments is is operated by or, or on behalf of express companies and, and a bit of e-commerce they're thrown in as well. The thing is, generally on in the all cargo and and international air freight space, the densities are much higher than they are in the express business, and and that doesn't make a triple seven three hundred or an A three fifty one thousand particularly attractive um, for for all cargo operators in there. I mean the the triple seven two hundred really is the ideal aircraft. Actually, the ideal aircraft is a seven four seven eight, but um, you know that's going to have its sunset date next, next year. year, and that's that's for another discussion. I mean you know. You know how I feel about the cancellation of that program. Yeah, I mean, or maybe maybe Airbus is just kind of holding back, and it, maybe it will be closer to to a hundred tons. But I mean, even then, it's still not into the triple seven freighter that kind of high density bracket, is it? No, I mean, you know, just looking at the specs of the aircraft as a passenger aircraft, I think they'd be hard pressed to get a hundred tons out of out of that plane. Our own estimate for the um, for the A350-1000 was about 95 tonnes and, and for the A350-900 about 85 tonnes gross. So the A350-900 is, is about the same volume as a as a 777-200 mm. but with that kind of payload you're looking at a, a pretty much a, a 20 tonne difference in terms of carrying capability in, in those aircraft and one thing that we that I that I do look to like to look at is the operating empty weight to maximum takeoff weight ratio, and, and for the triple seven two hundred freighter, it's eight point four. For um, the A three fifty, actually both for the nine hundred and and one thousand, it's zero point five, which means there's a lot more operating empty weight in that aircraft uh, relative to the to its weight carrying capabilities, and I think the you know, when we start to think about Boeing aircraft, I think the the triple seven nine would come out similar with the triple seven eight. I I don't know. I think the triple seven eight would make a good um, a, um, replacement for the triple seven two hundred freighter if um, if it can carry a similar amount of weight. I mean, you'd be getting an extra few positions on that aircraft compared to a triple seven two hundred. So that would be that would be nice to have. Yeah, and what about? Um... You know, in terms of potential customers, who do you see being likely candidates to to order the E three fifty freighter? Well, we can only speculate. I mean, we know they've been talking with with everyone yeah. out there in the market, but I mean, if we look at the, you know, first of all, when when we look at the world freighter fleet, roughly two thirds of the world freighter fleet are operating for DHL, FedEx, and UPS. So FedEx, I think, with its continued commitment and backlog to the triple seven two hundred, would fall flat. Might be wrong. Um, DHL also strong commitment to a triple seven two hundred platform um, at the moment, as well as a lot of other types. Of course, you'd end up seeing a few A three fifties in the network because you pretty much see every plane in their network. UPS, that's a that's a question, of course. I mean, they're obviously strongly committed to a seven four seven eight, but there's not much of a backlog left for that. You know, what's going to be the MD eleven replacement um, for for UPS in, in the network? Could it be an A three fifty? Could it be an A three thirty as well? I mean, the the A three thirty three hundred has a similar volume to what an MD eleven offers. So, um, you know, there's a big question mark around the three biggest customers, and 
and you know, yeah, where does where does that leave us? I, I think it's telling that Airbus didn't actually announce a launch customer together with launching the um, mm. the program, and um, it's also telling that they provided very little in terms of terms of detail on what the aircraft could do. Yeah, I mean that's why I kind of feel like it wasn't a a, a real launch, as it were. They were kind of just announcing this letting the market know that they're officially going ahead with it but they were announcing maybe, the announcement right like yeah. politics <laughs> when they actually do land a launch customer then they will i guess they'll have a, a bigger announcement and uh officially launch the program maybe i think um but obviously yeah i mean th there are a lot of um combination carriers that are airbus operators and I guess that is um, a potential way for Airbus to enter the, the freighter market again, um, having not built a commercial freighter for several years at least. Um, but and, and, a, and a successful commercial freighter even longer. <laughs> right. Um, but I mean, how important do you think it was for Airbus to kind of send this message to the market um, and kind of come out with the with this next gen freighter before Boeing? Well, I'm glad they finally did it. They should have done it a few years ago. I mean, the, the the problem is really that both manufacturers have been sitting on their hands with regard to announcing a freighter. So if, if any good comes of it, comes of it, it, it might force Boeing to make a move on what's the next generation freighter going to be, because it's a it's a segment in the market where there there are a lot of question marks around it. You know, there there is demand um, from from world trade and international commerce. Um, but at the moment, there's only one production freighter program that's still active, and that's the 777-200. Um, and, and no conversion program um, that will be active until um, IAI, the IAI program receives its certification next year or the year after, or whenever that, that will end up being. So we're, we're facing a real capacity crunch, a long-term, not, not just a short-term capacity crunch because of COVID, but also a long-term capacity crunch in that, in that segment. So it's important that we we do see some manufacturers step up to the plate and and actually come up with a with a freighter product that makes sense. The only problem is what I'm seeing right now is all the new freighter products that are being put up on the market are actually substandard compared to compared to what's on offer at the moment. Keep building yeah. a seven four seven eight. <laughs> I think that ship has sailed, but um, I mean there is, I guess there is that deadline uh the 2028 deadline so i i mean yeah there will have to be you know at least one new build freighter that complies with those requirements but um and airbus is clearly thinking that um you know with replacements and new orders you know there has to be there is a position in the market um for airbus to occupy um but boeing on the other other hand we I think we can safely assume that they've already kind of been working behind the scenes on on the 777X freighter. Um, they just haven't announced it publicly yet, but they they will at some point. Um, and I mean, with the 777X freighter, I mean, we, can we say that it will be targeted at that high density segment and uh, to replace the, the current 777 freighter or be better than the current 777 freighter? It depends which one they choose. If they go for um, a triple seven nine, then you're going to have a a bloodbath 
involving the um, the the triple seven three hundred conversion, the the A three fifty one thousand, and a triple seven nine. I think the triple seven eight would definitely make the better freighter if it actually can offer payload performance that's um, that's that's at least similar, if not superior, to the um, to this triple seven two hundred, which you know, offers a you know, one hundred and five ton payload on a on an aircraft which um, which has what twenty seven positions on the on the main deck. The triple seven eight would offer two extra positions on the main deck, so it'd be nice growth aircraft from from that. Yeah, I mean, in a way, Airbus was had to choose between going up against the the high density triple seven X freighter and the lower density triple seven three hundred ER conversion, right? Yeah. And well, I think if if that if you know if you if you're faced with two bad choices like that, um, then 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 ultimately I think they they made the right choice, particularly considering that an A three fifty nine hundred is yeah has the same volume as a triple seven two hundred F, but but its capabilities are by far inferior to what a triple seven two hundred F could do, and and I guess the thing that we need to understand in the in the um, the, the long haul or large wide body freighter space, there there is a tendency for for companies to go for factory build freighters rather than conversions, um, mm-hmm. just because utilization is higher, dispatch require, requirements are, are higher, fuel burn is a is a much um, more important share of overall costs as well. So I mean, if, if we if we look at our own forecast in that segment of the 770 aircraft that are going to be added in there, we actually predict. That about um, about eighty percent are actually going to be production freighters, and the remainder are going to be conversions. But but ultimately, it depends what's available in the market, right? Um, if if there's only conversions available in the market, well, conversions are going to take the market. Um, if there's a viable production freighter program that's priced um, accordingly, and that's that's going to be the, the the big question mark as well is how how is Airbus going to price an A three fifty to make it competitive with a with a triple seven three hundred, that you know, when you're looking at conversion cost on the triple seven three hundred of 30, 35 odd million, and then whatever the feedstock um, cost is, obviously we're in distressed asset territory with the triple seven three hundred, but we still might be looking at a uh, 60, 65, maybe even seventy million dollar build cost on the on on the aircraft. So, uh, you know, it's going to be have to be priced pretty aggressively to make that sense, probably. In around, I would say, 110, 120 mark. Yeah, and that might be asking a lot. <laughs> well, I mean, we'll see. But I guess, um, I mean, I'm glad that they finally uh, are going ahead with it. And I think Boeing has, you know, Boeing has a lot on its plate right now, and uh, I think probably was a good time for Airbus to to come in. Well, there's a lot of interest in the freighter market at the moment, but you know the thing we have to remember is that you know things may be may be booming right now, and any monkey with a freighter can can make money. But um, ultimately, when you're committing to to you know large wide body assets, you need to take a five, ten, fifteen year view on on what you're doing there as a, as an operator. Obviously, as a manufacturer, even longer, um, and and that's. You know, it's it's hard it's hard for a company to make the make the plunge. Well, yeah, I'm, but uh, we well, yeah, I guess we'll see. Well, we can't wait to hear more about the 350 freighter. But I, um, yeah, for now, we 
we officially have um, an Airbus next generation freezer program. So that's, without any uh, specs. <laughs> so the next <laughs> step is to give us some specs, and then we can then we can have a more more um, intelligent discussion about um, you know how how it would compare to um, to a triple seven, to a seven four seven, to other aircraft you know out there, and whether whether it will find it. It's, its rightful place or, or whether it'll go the same direction as the A380 freighter did. Hmm. Right, or the A3-3200 freighter in that well, point, a little bit further than the A380, yeah. but let's hope the A350 goes uh, much further than that. But uh, thanks, uh, Frederick, for your time, and thank you for tuning into this episode of Cargofax Connect. For more multimedia content like this, check out cargofax.com and search Cargofax Connect on iTunes and Spotify. Join us again next time, and I hope to see you soon, Frederick. Yeah, me too. See ya. Thank you.